Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you like talent, this is the place for you. Welcome back to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast, where talent is always the factor. I'm your co-host, Damian Parson, with my guy, my brother, Keith Sanchez. Baby, what's up? Mic check, mic check. My mic is hot, DP, baby. That means it's time to talk some football. Let's go. Let's talk. Let's talk some ball, man. And, man, it's been an eventful week in the world of college football in terms of recruiting and some big news, right? And that's that's kind of how we're going to lead and really kick this thing off with. But before we do that, let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to our partners over at Bet Online as they continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's uh, NHL Hockey Finals, the Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Now, Talking about starting a game starting, right? Like recruiting, as you know, is a game in itself, right? You you playing against a lot of different players amongst the entire country, right? For these top-tier recruits. And one of the bigger names has finally said, I this is gonna where this is gonna be the place I call home. Arch Manning commits to the University of Texas, Keith. Real yeah. quick, how do we feel about this right now? Because Texas has a lot of five-star quarterbacks now with Quinn Ewers already there, which we've talked about, you know, months ago when we, we talked about just kind of the preview and the quarterback situation and, and Texas overall. But they got some other recruits at quarterback coming in as well. How, how's this shaking up right now for us? Yeah, so, you know, first of all, for our listeners, um, this is probably we, – we got this news 10 minutes ago, right? So right. We, we haven't even had enough time – to fully digest this news. But, man, instantly I, I thought about that quarterback room um, because obviously they, they got the transfer. Quinn was there who's supposed to be this, you know, all-world quarterback and, you know, future top five pick. And then uh, we we just left as the draft uh, – as I'm sorry, the draft network. We just left California where we was able to talk with another one of the quarterbacks, the backup quarterback, Malik Murphy, who's another four-star, five-star kid. And then you add Arch Manning into that mix. I, I think this has to be the most highly touted quarterback room in the country now, right? Like if you add Arch Manning to this mix. So I, I think it's interesting because obviously his family, um, you know, they I'm more than sure they dotted the I's and crossed the T's, right? Like they've been through this three, four, five times. They've been around football their whole entire life. So I, I, I was wondering what made Texas – interesting for them right and I think this had to be just solely a testament to to Steve Sarkeesian and his offensive mind because you're, you're talking to the Manning family about football so you better be highly competent in football if you're going to talk to those guys about that in quarterback play um in recruiting visits so I, I thought that it was interesting that they chose Texas and, and if I have to lean to one thing I guess it has to be 
um, their their head coach, just his ability to kind of just lead the charge, um, you know, just talking football and, and allowing the Manly, Manning family to feel comfortable about sending their their son there. Oh, absolutely, man. Like I said, I mean, this is this is this is a commitment that everyone in the college football world has been waiting on, and, and we. I think most people assumed he was an SEC bound quarterback, right? Georgia, right. maybe he goes to Tennessee. Like they, they, everybody was expecting him to land in the Southern they, Eastern Conference. I mean, not not to cut you off, but no, go ahead. He plays high school football in New Orleans, so mm-hmm. you know it, it's a lot of LSU fans that are extremely disappointed. And you know, my time at LSU, we've been watching Arch Manning film since his seventh grade year. So, you know, that that just goes to show you how long and, you know, just how big of a gift this is to pull this guy out of the state of Louisiana, him to forego, you know, going to LSU. No, and like I said, you talk about Malik Murphy and you got Quinn Ewers and, and just to kind of wrap it up, like a lot of people, you know, see, I've seen so many tweets now because the news just did, just broke, like you said, maybe 20 minutes ago off via Arch Manning's Twitter page. And the first thing everybody tweets is, well, you know, Quinn Ewers is going to transfer, or when does Ewers transfer? Who transfers first? And I'm going to be honest with you, Keith, just my initial reaction right now without fully processing, I don't think anybody transfers, like, out of those two. I think Quinn Ewers plays this season as a, the starter, plays because when, and into 20, and when the 2023 season starts, that will be the freshman year of Arch Manning. Right. And Quinn Ewers been more than likely play and start start and play that entire season going into the 2024 NFL draft. After that, it's Arch Manning and Malik Murphy if Malik Murphy doesn't transfer. But I don't think Quinn Ewers, unless he goes out and bombs, right? Like and he just doesn't play well. And then Steve Sarkeesian and Brendan Marion or Coach Marion, they're looking at this thing like, man, maybe Arch is the maybe he should start as a true freshman. Like we we didn't we don't like the vibe we've gotten from Ewers, but I mean you look what Ewers just went through, being at Ohio State, CJ Stroud's first game in Minnesota, he's not playing well. Ewers did not even make the trip to Minnesota, Keith, but the entire Ohio State fan base were like, get Ewers on the private jet, let's get him in here for the second half. They were ready to they were ready to bench Stroud off the rip because you know. Fans just don't – a lot of fans don't know how to showcase patience. Now they love Stroud, right? So whatever happens, Texas fans, just be, just be patient. Let Ewers get, get rolling. Don't, don't, try to, don't try to kill him off the rip because you got Arch Manning coming in. Let the young man ball. So what it, what it sounds like to me is that you're, you're saying that Malik Murphy is, is on his way out. Is, is, is that what's – because that's the guy that you counted out, right? You said, you yep. said that Quinn's going to be there. You said that that Arch is going to be there. Then Malik, you kind of just left him in between. <laughs> um, you know, you you left a question mark by his name. So, yeah, so, no, no, no. It's it's it's. Uh, it's I definitely that, think he's he's going to be the odd man out, and I think it's more so not even to his not even an issue with his talent, his physical his physical tools. I think it's just politics, right? Like you know how right. it is. Like inside those four walls, it's like all right. And don't get me wrong, Malik. He could end up developing into a better quarterback than Arch, which I know some people don't want to hear that as a possibility, but he could. But even though he could, that doesn't mean he's going to get the chance to do it at Texas. So it's like for him, he's got to now weigh his options 
and figure out. And then you think about with NIL and, and, and schools now being more aggressive with transfers. If he throws his name in there, like, you know what? I, you know, even if he goes to, to, to Texas and spends his first year on campus next year, and he's like, you know what? Nah, this ain't this, this is not gonna work for me. And he puts his name in the in that ring. If he throws that his name in the hat, oh yeah, yo, yo, he's gonna have some some callers. It's, 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 it's what? hotline bling. What Drake it. said, hotline bling. Yeah, it's gonna be bling. His, his phone's gonna be ringing, man. Yeah, I, and I'm more than sure he won't have to go very far. I'm more than sure wow. Jimbo Fisher will be right there to uh, scoop him on up. <laughs> Something he's been needing for like a decade is a legit yeah. quarterback because he is making waves in terms of recruiting. But, Keith, to kind of transition, we're talking about recruiting. Man, Louisville. Let's get like let's give a quick shout out All to right. Louisville. Yeah, I, I want to tell him congratulations first and foremost before I get into my spiel. <laughs> um, you know, that's a big time get right like they mm-hmm. had a hell of a recruiting um official visit weekend and they were able to nab um you know some deemed the number one running back five-star kid highly coveted by every program in the nation and louisville was able to get him so first i want to say congratulations then i'm gonna pass it off on to you you know let you get out what you have to get out before you know i, I give my spiel Nah, I was going to say congratulations to him, too, because it's a big get. And right now, for the 2023 recruiting cycle, they are ranked 11th in the nation overall from, from, from what I'm seeing. And head coach Scott Satterfield has to be excited for what's going on with this program right now. To, to, land, to have a top 12 recruiting class for the school of Louisville, then to grab the top-ranked running back in a lot of, a lot of polls and a lot of rankings, Ruben Owens. Who a lot of who when I was reading up on them, a lot of the uh, high school scouts and and everything they compare him to Alabama's uh, kind of old school throw not even, not even a throwback name he I don't, he's not in the league right now but TJ Yeldon uh, when he was you know he was at Bama who was a really talented running back himself so Keith being able to nab this young man Ruben Owens and then of course pairing that with the recruiting class that they already have like he, this this bodes well for 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 a school that most people would not deem a luxury landing spot in terms of college football. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, like we said last time, I say congratulations, but <laughs> my next thing is hold on. Right. Hold on. This is, this, is, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. We are talking about a commitment in June. Mm-hmm. We still have to play this next football season, and so – you know, just to give our listeners just kind of a look into official business, right? That is that is basically going on a, a weekend getaway trip where schools and teams and coaches are pulling out their very best, right? Everything that they have to offer, they're unloading and unleashing on a family to make that family feel as though that school is the best option for them, right? And so you have to give credit to Louisville because whatever they did, um, you know, throughout the recruiting process up until that point, and then at the official visit, they made the Owens family feel comfortable enough to commit there. Now, the commitment is done, but the the the, the national letter of intent is not signed, right? So right. A commitment is a commitment, and I, I've always I was always worried about that, right? Like whenever we we got a kid at LSU to commit early, that always made me nervous because now when a kid isn't committed 
and, and you're a, a lower school hanging in the weeds, not many people are talking about you, right? So you kind of, you have the ability to kind of skate through and, you know, recruit the kid and you don't have to worry about any of those bullets coming your way. But now, best believe, everybody knows who the number one target is. Those bullets are coming that way. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talk about it and let's say if I'm Alabama or if I'm Georgia and I'm saying, man, you're really going to go to Louisville. They'll probably win five games next year. You're going to, you know, you're, you're playing in the ACC. You're not playing in, you know, the SEC. What does their offensive line look like? Will those coaches be there next year? You know, so it, it allows now for those programs to direct all of that negative energy <laughs> directly your way. So my my number one thing for them is, man, hold on, because this is this is a this is a long process. Like I said before, this is a marathon and it is a very long marathon. And before signing day, though that week or two before signing day, it gets even longer, right? And and so I I just I worry about it and, and kudos to the kid, right? And credit to him for not wanting to go with the I guess let's say the wave, right? He doesn't want to yeah. go with the momentum thing and he kind of wants to build his own path. I love that thought process. But I'm gonna tell you another thing that I seen on both sides of it. When it's week seven of the college football season and Alabama is on TV and they're hanging 55 points on Mississippi State, right? And then Louisville, you cut on the TV and they're losing by 10 points to damn North Carolina. You start to feel a little different, right? Like you, you just you start to feel a little different about your decision. So, yeah. man, it's it's a long process. Or let's fast forward to the end of the season. Who says that? You know, who knows if Alabama wins the national championship, right? But they're in very good contenders to do that. But one thing we do know, and we haven't came out with our predictions yet, is that I doubt that Louisville is going to be winning those championships, right? <laughs> correct, so, correct. And, and, and even, let's keep this going one more step. Louisville just lost one of their top receivers. To Alabama. Guess, guess where he went? He went to Alabama. <laughs> to Alabama. So... Listen, I, I, I'm not. I hate to try to, you know, be the guy that's throwing a wet blanket on this. But what I'm saying perspective, is perspective, man. Yeah, it's just it's just perspective, and to give the listeners this is real stuff, I mean, and I'm giving them real information and just how the recruiting process actually goes. And and I wanted to kind of, you know, just inform our listeners on this that man, it's, it's definitely a marathon. It's exciting because if he does go there, he's he commits there and he stays committed. That's the best thing possible. The 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 process that I would have liked to see, or I would have would have been a part of, would have been the Travis Hunter to Jackson State last year, because Dion strategically aligned himself to where he allowed Travis Hunter to stay committed to Florida State throughout the process. Mm-hmm. Nobody was thinking about Jackson State, right? So they had no time to recruit against Jackson State, to poke holes in their game, to talk about Dion, to talk about his family, to talk about, you know, whatever stories they can make up or create to get that kid to be swayed to go to another school. And then what happened? Right before the, the signing day, 24 hours before, 12 hours before, Dion Sanders, boom, he got everybody, right? And, and right when everybody was still feeling initial shock, the kid already didn't sign the paper. So there wasn't much that other people can do, right? And, and if I was trying to pull off a big-time commitment, that would be more of my strategy because it's tough as a small school when people are constantly throwing, 
you know, bullets and, you know, just all type of, you know, slandering your name and, and things like that. And it's all and it's, it's a part of the recruiting process. Everybody participates in it, but it's definitely tough. But like I said, man, congratulations to the Louisville Cardinals. Nah, my two words, hold on. Hold on for dear life. Hold on for dear life. And, not, and I think, I, and to your point, man, as a, I, I'm glad you 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 gave that information to not only the listeners, but to me as well, because that is pivotal because it's not done. The work is not done. This is not over because, like you said, now that the gauntlet has been thrown down uh, per se, now these other schools know, okay, so you're the team I have to shoot down. You're that plane that I have to take out of the sky so the minds can fly high and be seen by everyone. I think one thing that is working in the favor of Louisville as well, they have the number – I think he's the – he, I believe he's ranked as the 15th overall quarterback in the class, Pierre Clarkson, a dual-threat quarterback who, uh, by his quote, he loves the program, he loves the coaching staff because he's seen what this program has done with the dual-threat quarterbacks that they've had, a la Lamar Jackson, and what got it, you know, me and Joe, uh, shout out to my guy, my right tackle, Joe Marino, saw a couple weeks ago down at Quincy Avery's QB takeover, Malik Cunningham, another dynamic dual-threat quarterback, and that's what Pierre Clarkson is. And Pierre Clarkson, quote to what he told 24-7 Sports, I love the Louisville program itself. I see a lot of opportunity for them to turn things around pretty quickly. I plan on bringing, I plan on bringing in a pretty special 2023 recruiting class with me. You'll see, you'll see. He's been actively recruiting other recruits to Louisville. So he's out there as a high, another high school kid, another top prospect, out there doing his best salesman job. Like, listen, let's go make magic together. And, it is, and you talk about the legacy. I think that's big, especially in, in, in terms of being able to get some of these kids. If Louisville can sell and use their top 10 recruits that they have to also sell, like, listen, it's one thing to go to Alabama and, yeah, things are going to be – well, things will be great. You know what I mean? You're going to be nationally te- televised games. You have a lot more. Like we, we can't understand undersell there, right? It, it's no, it's going to be great. Thing. It's going to be tremendous, right? The opportunities. The thing, of, and, 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 but you look at it, you be like, hey, you know, at the same time, Jerome Ford transferred. You know, Alvin Kamara transferred. We've seen multiple guys leave the program because of having to wait behind other five stars. So it's like, what do you want your legacy to be? Do you want your legacy to say, well, I, I rode that Alabama wave and I got a championship? Or you want to say, I'm, in, I'm at Louisville breaking records, doing my doing my thing, and that puts you in a brighter, in, in my opinion, especially for us as talent evaluators, if I see you at Louisville rushing for 2,000 yards, killing it, in, 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 killing it for two, three seasons, when it comes to you being a draft prospect, I'm like, okay, you, you up there because – you are the 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 stir, the the, the straw. I'm um, excuse excuse me, the stir, straw that stirs that drink. You're the engine for that offense, and it speaks differently. It hits different for the legacy when you're the reason rather than just being the key cog to the machine. So I think if they handle it the right way, they can lock it in. But like you said, they got to hold on, stay in constant, stay in communication with this kid. Let him know, let him and the family know, hey, we love y'all. We we we, we really. We want to make this a special situation because if you mess around, like you said, it could be middle towards the end of the season, SEC championship game. You know, you got the recruits from Alabama calling them like, hey, you know, we in the SEC championship today. Make sure you tune in. 
and this kid sees, you know, them against Georgia or whoever, it was like, you know what, man, like this, hey, this is, uh, this is tough. This is tough to watch and not think, man, I could be on this stage. Yeah, I, I think this, and we'll we'll say this, right? Um, the the Deion Sanders situation pulling down Travis Hunter was special, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of a, how do we put this? It was it was a, a a turning point that involved NIL and the new, I guess, new wave of college football, right? That things are changing, right? It was another indicator yeah. that things are changing. But I would say this, if Louisville is able to hold on to Ruben Owens throughout this whole process, that will be even bigger. That will be even bigger mm-hmm. because Louisville doesn't have, you know, the the name and the cachet that Deion Sanders has as a person, right? right? Um, he, he is his own brand. He is a university himself, right? So if, if that coaching staff is able to hold on, I think, man, I think that'll be a key indicator that, yeah, like we, we truly are – in, in different times, right? And it's not like this kid is from Kentucky. Like, this kid is from, I believe he has some Louisiana ties, but he's from Texas. I think it's El Campo, Texas, or something like that, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, he, he has no ties to Kentucky. I've I, I seen um, their official visit, and, man, they pulled out the stops. I believe it was, like, Jets and Lamborghinis, <laughs> and, you know, it was everything, right? It was, I'm more than sure it was millions of dollars, you know, worth of uh, aircrafts and, you know, other <laughs> automobiles involved in this official visit. But, man, I I, I think that if, they, if they're able to hold on to him, yeah, it's, it's definitely – that. I think that's even more of a – I would hate to say a red flag, but like I said, an indicator that uh, things are definitely changing in college football. For sure, man. I mean, and that's – at the end of the day, you know, that's what Nick Saban wants, right? He wants parity. That's what he talked about. <laughs> Nick Saban said he wanted parity. He wanted things to be more widespread. We're going to see how happy he is with, uh, you know, as these new as the news continue to roll in. And we talk about news rolling in. Shout out to Brian Hartline over at Ohio State real quick. Um, mm-hmm. I might call this – I might as well call this man the GOAT. Um Cause Keith. Oh wow! Okay, okay. okay. I, I I mean, what, what he what he is doing right now, as a wide receiver coach at Ohio State, you know, looking at the, the the talent they already have on their roster, Keith. This man went out and got three more. I think in back to back date, wasn't it Drake that made that diss track? That like didn't he make that diss track? Uh, the Meek Mill back to back, like yeah, it, yeah, back and Ohio State back. was back to back to back. Where it was like five star, five star, five star receivers, and that that really led me to this question, Keith: Is Ohio State the new wide receiver? You, you know my answer to this. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. As long as Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and. You know, we, uh-huh. we still have one in the chamber, right, that's ready to explode, talking about Kayshawn Booty. Kayshawn, yeah. Um, you know, so it, it is definitely LSU. It's definitely those Bayou Bengals. Um, uh-huh. it, it is definitely Tigers. It's, it's, it's Louisianimals. You know, I can throw out all the phrases. That is uh, <laughs> that is proven. You know, they, they may be pretty good in college, but LSU is definitely definitely wide receiver you. And if, um, you know, NFL teams need a wide receiver, they know where to go. You know they 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 go they go to the boot and and so LSU is definitely wide receiver. But I will say this, um, I agree with you. Shout out to to Coach Hardline and just 
what he's able to do to be able to stack those receivers on top of each other as and, and even just recruiting classes, right? That is one of the most difficult things to do, to sit down in a meeting with kids and parents who are five stars mm-hmm. and tell them that they may have to sit down next year because you have other five stars in front of them playing right now and still get a kid to come to the school because that kid has been playing probably since he was in the seventh, eighth grade, right? He has no idea what it feels like to just sit on a bench. He's never sat on a bench a day in his life. <laughs> and then you're going to tell him why these other 30, 40 schools want him to start immediately that he has to sit on a bench in order to come to your school. So mm-hmm. shout out to that coach for doing that because that's a masterful job. And I think it's a testament to probably the culture that he's building there. And I, and I think the culture is this, right? And, and we've seen it with other programs. Alabama has done a good job of it with certain positions is that, listen, we'll put you on a field when you're ready. And just understand that when you're ready, you're going to play your best. And if you play your best, the NFL is going to come. You know, and, and it doesn't matter if it's year one, year two, or year three. You want to put out good film for, for the NFL talent evaluators. We don't want to put you out there early and you're not ready. You're developing bad habits and there's bad film out there. So I think that that's more so the, the conversation that he's having with those guys. But, yeah, my, they're, they're killing the game. Ohio State is killing the game. I'm, and I see his LSU right now. Um but, I, I mean, five years from now, who knows, right? Because they yeah. just had two wide receivers go in the first round with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. You have, what, on this this current draft-eligible class, you have, obviously, Jackson Smith. And then also somebody just hanging in the weeds that nobody's paying attention to is Marvin Harrison Jr. Harrison Jr., right? Yep. Like, he's just sitting there like his his dad is not a Hall of Fame wide receiver. <laughs> and he hasn't been learning. Super Bowl this champion. Yeah, like he hasn't been learning how to run routes his whole life. So I'm expecting him to explode too. So, But I, I would like to return the, the, the question back to you. Who is wide receiver you for Damian Parsons? Man, listen, that it's always been it's always been a two-horse race for me, man. And there was always Alabama and LSU. And, and you know the, the countless names that LSU has thrown into the league. Yeah, just it's, it's Justin common. Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Odell, Jarvis. Heck, I can go back years. Devery Henderson, Brandon LaFell, Dwayne Bow, Ru- Ruben Randall. Like they've thrown in so many names, right? Alabama, Amari Cooper. You know, now you have Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. Uh, the year Calvin before Ridley. was, uh, you know, you got Calvin Ridley. You had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and and um, ah, I'm almost blanking on the other guy's name. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. Jalen yeah, Waddle. You know, Jalen Waddle. And it's like, you know, of course, Julio, one of the GOATs. Like Julio, you know, being the top guy. Cam Sims. Like they've they've put in numerous of just talent. Like both schools. That that it was a two-horse race for me. But then I, I'm gonna go back to Ohio State. And I want to start kind of like a timeline. Let's go to 2019 recruiting class. This is kind of where Brian Hartline's hands really started molding this program with receivers right here at the time he was a quality control coach and th- and remember that was the whole scandal with uh zach smith and urban meyer and their departure and in all that stuff that was going on 2019 uh heartline was able to help them secure garrett wilson and jameson williams 2020 julian fleming jackson smith and jigba g scott jr mookie cooper 2021 a Mecca. Mm. Ah, this last name. Egg Buka. 
There we go. Ibuka, uh, yeah, yeah Ibuka. Uh Marvin Harrison Jr., who just alluded to. Jaden Ballard. 2022, Caleb Brown. Kion Grace. Caleb Burton. Kojo Antwi. And then, of course, this class with, you know, the three guys they just uh, just secured with Brandon Ennis, Carnell Tate, Noah Rogers, and then they also have a Bryce, Bryson Rogers. So it's like, okay, now I will say, Keith, the, the NFL talent that they've put in has not been the greatest, right? You know, the Noah Browns, the Paris Campbells, mm-hmm. you know, it, the Austin Max, right? It just hasn't been great. <clears throat> it hasn't been great. But, you know, they, they've also put in, you know, Michael Thomas, Terry okay. McLaurin. When healthy, okay. Curtis Samuels is a dog. So they, they've put in some quality plays. They, they've put guys in the league, but you could tell it's that the tides is it's, it's solid, right? But the tides is changing a bit. And I think they pose the greatest threat to those two schools at Alabama and LSU just from off the recruiting prowess. Granted, Jamison Williams, again, being stuck behind the, the litany of receivers, Say I'm out and I'm going to Bama. <laughs> he went to Bama and became a first round pick. But even in so, this class, they had lost two. They, they lost. So they 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 could have had three if they played. You know, James and Williams, they would have had themselves three first round picks from their school if they played him. You know, instead of playing Jackson Smith and Jigwa as much, but it it worked out for him. Still worked out for all parties, I'd say. But yeah, like what they're doing, Keith, is is just. Short of phenomenal in terms of recruiting. And like I said, they had two receivers drafted in the top, what, 20 picks, one going top 10 with Garrett uh, Garrett, uh, Garrett Williams Wilson and then Chris Olave going to the Saints. The tide is definitely changing. So while Alabama and LSU, like, to give a definitive answer, man, that is tough. That is real tough. I got like, right now, like especially looking at how everything is what worked out in the NFL. I got to go LSU. You know what I mean? Because right now we're still waiting. You know, Henry Ruggs got himself into a bad situation with his bad decision, um, which has now got him out of the league. We're waiting on a healthy Jerry Judy, who now has Russell Wilson as his quarterback. Uh, hopefully, Jalen Hurts can now, can, you know, with, with AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts and. And Devonta Smith can take it to the next level. We know what Jalen Jalen Waldo is. We know what you know, Calvin Ridley's suspended right now uh, due to the, the whole sports betting situation. And he'll be back next year, but he's one of the better receivers in the league when he's in. So it's like LSU with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Odell, Jarvis. Yeah, it, it's tough to argue right now. You know what I mean? Because Alabama's their recent young horses are still kind of building uh, their way up. And we got to see them take that next step, per se, to really being in the upper echelon right now. Because uh, LSU legitimately has two receivers within the top, I say, top 12 receivers in the league that you could say. Uh, and Bama does not have that, doesn't have that many right now. So it's LSU. But what I'm seeing from Ohio State, <laughs> I got to come Notice back to the, the Buckeyes. The quick butt. Yeah, you got to go back. Go <laughs> I got to go back to the Buckeyes. What they're doing is just phenomenal, man. And being able to get these this many four- and five-star recruits at one position, it's it's literally, Keith, it looks, their wide receiver room looks like Bama's running back room all these years. How yeah. Bama was stashing run, four- and five-star running backs. I remember a picture, I think it was Derrick Henry, uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, was it Kenyon Drake and like Alvin Kamara or something like that? It was just like, yeah. bro, 
All of these guys are starting running backs in the NFL at some point since they've been drafted. They all sat but on this same on the same roster. It's just unreal. So now you're seeing the situation in Ohio State, which of course we know other schools are going to be coming for some of these kids who don't want to wait, right? You know, we all know that. Like we talked, like you talked about with, with Louisville. Hold on, some of the, and we're having the the, the plentiful and just a. Uh, just ridiculous, ridiculous riches at the receiver position for Ohio State. Yeah, they can, they can, they, it's not going to hurt them to lose two of these guys to, to other schools. But, man, you know, what they're doing right now, they're working their way closer and closer to that wide receiver you think. But it all depends if these guys go in the league and, and ball out like LSU and Bama guys have. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I, um, you know, listening to you, man, I'm, I'm, I, I can tell that you're you're slowly becoming a a Buckeye fan. Ah, uh, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I am not going up to Ohio unless I'm going to see uh, see a game. Shout out to the Buckeyes. You know, I would definitely take some seats. But um, I didn't know that's about it. That's it. You know, just evaluate, just evaluate talent. Uh, you know what I mean. But you know, that is. Like I said, Buckeye fans, be happy, be be patient, but be excited for what Brian Hartline is doing. Uh, this man deserves a freaking raise because he is out here killing the game. Uh, and, of course, as always, killing the game. Shout out to our partners over at Bet Online. Uh, like I said, the NHL Finals is going on right now. We're getting closer and closer to NFL season, so let's go ahead and get started. And let's make some money. All right, let's make some money together. So definitely uh, go over to Bet Online and uh, use our promo code Believe B L E A V, uh, Keith, brother, that is our show, man. And, and you know, we always tell everybody we appreciate all the love and support. Uh, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any podcasting uh, app or site that you use. I'm pretty sure we are on it. Leave us five star review. You can leave us questions uh, in the comment section, whatever. Uh, we just appreciate all love and support. I'm Damian Parson. As always, that is my guy, my co host, Keith Sanchez. And Keith, what's the slogan, baby? Remember, talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.